The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Save our wildlife, save the environment, save our world. It all starts with a little knowledge. Welcome to Our Wild World with L.A. Weiss. There is so much that's being done and can be done with help from specialists and marginalized community groups to you. We'll discuss the future of Africa, the wildlife, and the people, and show you how it affects the entire planet. Now, here is Ellie Weiss from the Wild Eyes Foundation. Good morning and welcome to Our Wild World. As you're well aware by now, this program covers topics and themes and brings in people from around the world. Today we're talking Namibia. Lately we've been talking about the crises facing wildlife populations uh, in, in the wild versus some captive issues and animals that are being caught in limbo as we change and shift our paradigms and our outlook to what happens and how we live with wildlife. So today we're bringing in a a person I've been talking with through Facebook, met him online, who's been very involved and very concerned about what's been going on in Namibia. Not only its people, its different tribal dialects, its different peoples, but its wildlife. So we have an average citizen, a citizen of the world, who has wanted to talk with me and talk with the world about what's going on from the perspective of just a regular guy. So today I'd like to welcome Farah Labanda, who's from Namibia, and um, we're going to just talk about some of the politics, policies, and problems and challenges that the average person faces. So welcome, Farah. Thank you. It's nice um, to have you here. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> so we've been talking for quite some time via Facebook about some other issues that have been going on, and um, mm-hmm. it, it, and you've been telling me about some of the problems that you've been noticing and, and feeling and that your countrymen are feeling throughout Namibia. What part of Namibia are you from? I am from the I am from the Zambezi region, uh, uh, well known as the former Caprivi region. It's done in the north on northeastern part of Namibia. Um, that's where I, I was born, and that's where I grew up. Uh, that that is thirty four years ago. And what is it you do? I am working in the corporate world at the moment. Um, I'm in, I'm in the insurance industry. Uh, that's, that, that's what I currently do now. And what kind of insurance is that? Is that Because uh, I know on your Facebook page you had a yes. profile picture there of the cockpit of an airplane. And I know at one time yes. you were saying that was a dream uh, that you had to become a pilot. But you're doing uh, insurance. What kind of insurance? 
It's basically um, insurance is uh, life insurance, uh, and that also includes insurance on household um, house, household goods, um, as well as investments. Okay, yeah, so, so insurance. That, that, that is that is my that's my that's my daily job. Okay, <laughs> but, so um, you... I, you are right to say that um, I also I, I'm also passionate about aviation. So I am still working on my private pilot lenses uh, while I'm working. I'm basically paying for my training from from the salary that I get. So um, insurance, that's is that a new concept in Namibia? And is it a going concern that uh, people are purchasing insurance, life insurance? Yes, um, I, I work for a very, very big company. Um, that has been in operation for about uh, one or six years, 106 years. So, if if it has, if it, I believe it if, has, uh, if it has existed for that long, then there must be a market. So, definitely, uh, people uh, people take life insurance and they insure their businesses, they insure their household goods, and life insurance. Yes. So, 106 years, you said. Yes. Yes. So that goes back to way before independence, right? Yes, definitely. So that goes back to colonial times, which has somewhat what we're going to talk about today. Um, so you've joined a company that's been in business for 106 years, which goes dates back to pre-colonial times. So I can I can understand um, pre-colonial colonists colony. Um, you know, doing insurance, and Namibia was a colony of, I believe, Portugal and uh, German and and South Africa. Yes, not not Portugal, but German and South Africa. Yes. So I can understand insurance needed by that type of a farmer and rancher who colonized Namibia. Um, and then, when did Namibia become independent? Uh, Namibia became independent in 1990. 1990, the, uh, so that's not that long ago. Yes. So yes. <laughs> um, do you find, who are most of your clients? Are they wealthy people? Are they white people? Are they European people? Or are you finding more traditional, tribal, local Namibians also getting into insurance? Uh, I, I would say it's a combination of both. Uh, about uh, all races and all tribes. Okay, and what are they insuring? Do they insure livestock? Um, because uh, the, the weather, <coughs> the climate change, all sorts of things are happening in Namibia, uh, changing uh, the economics of Namibia. So have, by purchasing insurance means that people are putting a value, a very different value, on their belongings and their lives. So taking insurance against the future. How do you see that this has shifted? Um, basically, the, 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 especially with the life insurance, uh, what happens is that um, financial institutions in Namibia, if you want to buy a house, uh, they, 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 they won't give you money or to buy a house without insurance. So basically, when you take out a life insurance, you cede it to financial institutions for for them to give you money to buy to purchase a house. We have a, we have a housing crisis in Namibia, so there is definitely uh, 
uh, a, a demand for 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 life insurance because many people do not have decent houses even those who can afford they struggle to 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 get um to get decent houses so the financial institutions have made it as a, 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 a formality that you must have life insurance for them to finance your bond that's that's very interesting because it doesn't work that way here you can purchase a house as long as you have money um, I'm sure you've read international news, you know, the housing bubble, the housing burst bubble, no money down, get a mortgage, and people go into debt for the rest of their lives and beyond into their future generations. Their children end up taking on this debt so because they can buy a house without proving that they have a financial security. So that's very interesting that you would require life insurance and that provides that financial security bond for the bank to say, okay, now we know no matter what happens to you, your insurance is going to cover this purchase of that you're going to make, whether it be a house or livestock or a car or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's very true. Huh. Very interesting. So yes. um, moving on, you provided me some talking points, and we've had some very interesting Facebook conversations through messaging and through various posts and you have a lot of interesting ideas and it's it's great to hear from just an average person that doesn't have anything else at stake or an agenda other than to say this is what's going on in my country. So one of the talking points that you'd um, mentioned to me was that you wanted to talk about the politics of the stomach. What does that mean? Uh, what 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 that means is that um, you 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 belong to a certain political party, but not because of ideological conviction, but because you think or you believe that if you join that political party, you stand to benefit financially. How does that work? Uh, how that works is that um. Uh, let's say in in your country, I believe you only have two two political parties, right? Well, two main ones. There's a lot of them, but there's the two. Oh, okay. I only the know two main two ones. ones. The yeah, Democrats the and the Republicans. The who Democrats love to and just... the Republican. Yeah. Okay. okay. Now, now let, let's say you belong to Republic to the Republican Party, but but your con your your your, your ideological convictions. You believe more of what the the Democrats are saying, but because you do not stand to get a position, it might be a contract, a procurement contract, then you end up at the other side of the political fence just because you believe you are going to benefit. So that's the political of the that, that, that that's the politics of stomach. It's more about you gaining financially not because you believe in the ideas of that specific party. Well, doesn't that keep things from moving forward? I mean, if you vote for your financial Mm. benefit rather than your ideals, which is Mm. genuinely what politics should be about, that you're voting for the person who represents your ideals. So Mm. if you're not voting for the person who represents your ideals 
then how do things move forward? How do your ideals, the people like you who want change, who want to see things move forward, who want to see their political parties um, become uncorrupt or um, actually take action, how does that happen if you're not if you're voting politics of the stomach instead of mm. politics of the ideal? How does it change? Uh, um, it it does not change anything in the life in the lives of the voters. Uh, basically, what we what I've realized here in Namibia, um, there are two issues at hand: the politics of the stomach, yes, and there's also something that I would call blind loyalty. This is where this is where people reduce uh, the elections more like to more like um, what I would like to call. Uh, political fanat- fanatism. Uh, by this, I mean you belong to a party more, more, more the same like you would belong to a a soccer team, for example. Okay. They have reduced. They. Uh, I, I feel that uh, elections in most African countries have been reduced to beauty contests. It's. It's. It's not. It's. It's. It, it's it's not um it's not on uh, it's not ideological anymore it's more about a sense of a sense of belonging and being seen to be on the winning team rather than standing alone and voting for what you believe in so amongst your coworkers and your friends and your colleagues do you discuss politics in terms of ideals and um are you do you feel um, blocked from speaking, let's call it freedom of speech? Do you feel mm-hmm. afraid of speaking out of your political ideas because of this politics of the stomach? Uh, not not necessarily. I am open-minded. I speak my mind mostly on Facebook because that's the only platform that's available to me. Otherwise, when I am at work, I am uh, I, I I don't I don't speak more on politics. I it, it we, we, I would speak with my colleagues, but it's not it it won't be um, more to the point as I would if I'm not at work or if I'm on Facebook. So you feel so, silenced. Not that I'm I feel silenced, but I just feel that when I go to work, it should just be work. <laughs> But then, when 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 I, I I can log in I can log on to Facebook when I'm at work, on my tablet or on my cell phone or on my laptop, and then post something. It's not an it's it's not, it's not an issue. We are not uh, um, they they don't stop us from participating in politics as long you are considerate of other people's views. So well, well, the only reason why I'm more concerned about the politics of, of the stomach is people who live in extreme poverty. And then during elections, the people will be jumping up and down that they belong to this party. I'm not only talking about the ruling party, I'm talking about all other parties. Yet after voting, they become spectators Male spectators, they don't participate in the economic activities of the country. Their voices are no more heard. You know, basically, they are, they are subjects. Citizens have been turned into subjects that are only used to vote. 
after the elections you are you 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 become useless so that's the that's the general feeling and um, the, what i have also noticed is that uh, people keep complaining but they do not take an initiative to change well it's very difficult things that they don't like well then it's going to be very difficult to effect change if yes. a you don't feel comfortable discussing politics even politely and respecting somebody else's views at work or in after work or with your friends and um you know a group setting mm-hmm. and all your vote counts is you know, <coughs> to speak up to the politics of the stomach and blind loyalty then how we're going to take a break here shortly but how do you mm-hmm. expect things to change if okay. this is the way that everybody works. Hello? Yes, I am here. Yeah, so Can how you, do you expect things to change? If when you uh, vote, so, do you vote politics of the stomach and blind loyalty or do you vote your ideals? Personally, I vote for ideals, but I uh, what what I have realized is that Namibia became independent just 25 years ago. So there is what I would like again I, to call political illiteracy, where the the where some people, not all of them, some people we still have people who believe in voting for a party that liberated the country. Not because they believe in the ideas, but they believe that should that specific party not win the elections, then it means that the colonizer will come back. Okay, so we're on a very interesting subject um, with my guest today, Ferry Labanda, just your average everyday guy out of Namibia. So um, stick with us. We'll be right back after the break. Wildlife. No wild, no life. Big, scary, beautiful. Predators are in danger. Without them, our rivers dry up. Our forests don't grow. Our communities go hungry. Our biodiversity crumbles. Wildlife drives our planet's ecosystems. The wild effect. It's in our hands. Ellie founded Wild Eyes Foundation because she loves Africa and to remind us that there are more harmonious and less destructive ways to live on our planet. She does this so we may be able to look inside ourselves and understand the deeper partnerships that connect us all and to take responsibility for our lives and our Earth. Africa is one of our last remaining wild places and the origins of humanity. It is irreplaceable. Africa is at a crossroads, on the brink of possibilities. We can choose to let its wildlife be lost forever, or we can help save it. In Africa, it is still possible to make a difference. Visit us at www.wildeyes.org to learn how you can make a difference. We only have one Earth. If we don't care, who will? W-I-L-D-I-Z-E dot O-R-G. Lots of people talk about publishing their work, but have no idea where to start. 
If you are one of these aspiring authors or know somebody who is, don't miss Publishing Today Radio with Athena Dean Holtz. Thought leaders, business owners, entrepreneurs, and in general, storytellers all want to get their messages in print. And that includes branding and marketing. Athena and her guests are here to answer your publishing questions and more. Tune in every Saturday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. You're listening to Ellie Weiss and Our Wild World. We want to hear from you. Call into the program at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. If you'd rather send us an email, please send it to wildeyes at wildeyes.org. That's W-I-L-D-I-Z-E at W-I-L-D-I-Z-E dot O-R-G. Now, back to our wild world. Welcome back to Our Wild World with my guest, Ferry Labanda, Namibian citizen. He is from the Mafwe tribe in the northern district of Namibia. So before the break, we were talking about colonialism, that he's working for a company that is 106 years old. Namibia has been independent since 1990, I believe. And yes. um, so things have changed in some ways. And here we are talking to a tribal African educated African, well-educated African, working in the corporate sector. So right here, you know, Africa has changed. It's not this vision that we in the West have of um, tribal people dressed in skins like Maasai and herding their cattle. We're on the different side of the continent, southwest Africa, northern Namibia, closer to Zambia, Zimbabwe, and there's a lot of things going on in that area of the world right now, uh, not only in terms of corruption, but in terms of wildlife crisis, rhino poaching, uh, elephant poaching, wildlife poisoning. Uh, there are a lot of issues that are going on. So, Ferre, we have had a lot of conversations, and you were talking about, before the break, the politics of the stomach, uh, voting through blind loyalty, and that party which you think will get you a financial benefit versus an idealistic benefit and changing the way your country works. So some of the talking points you wanted to get into were um, the lack of accountability and lazy, educated Africans. You and I discussed uh, an article called Intellectual Scum, which talked about this um, aspect. Why doesn't Africa... Um, and I think it's part of what you're talking about here, this neo-colonialism, post-neo-colonialism, this inability of the local population, Africans, not white Africans, who are also Africans, but black tribal Africans voting to get what they need. So let's talk about this. You're educated. Okay. There's a lot of Namibians that are educated. So why isn't the system changing? The reason why the system is not changing, it's because um, we have got, unfortunately, we have got people who, uh, the, the leaders, basically, uh, leaders, uh, our, our political leaders, they don't give a chance to Africans, to, 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 to young Africans, young black Africans. We've got a lot of graduates, people going through university, they study for four years, for five years, and then they're still unemployed. 
what is what is happening is that um, the 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 leaders they are giving their friends, their families. Interestingly, it's not only Namibian friends. We've got an influx of Chinese who are coming into the country to set up businesses. So because because most of the leaders' associates are not experienced or educated, they get into partnerships with Chinese with the Chinese. The Chinese they are only there to make money. They are they they don't care what happens to the country. They don't care about the future of the of of, of, of the Namibian youth or the Namibia. The Namibia is the country. So the Chinese will come in, get all the big contracts from the from the government. And then they will start building, like building bridges or uh, capital projects from the Namibian government. And then they, they they bring their own unskilled people from China. Basically, that leaves the Namibian the Namibian youth unemployed. So this is really a kind of racism. Not only a cronyism, not only a corruption, and not only is it based on what you said, politics of the stomach, and based on finances. You as an insurance Mm. salesman, you have to prove that uh, you have, your life has value with life insurance in order to even get a house. So that already puts people at a disadvantage. Um, And I'd assume that the the tribal, um, the Damara, or the Herero, or the Himba, um, people who li- still live a rather traditional lifestyle, I'd imagine that puts them at a disadvantage and that you're not seeing a lot of your average everyday person. Let's say you're driving up the road through Namibia and you see these roadside stalls. I don't think those people are coming to your co- your company for insurance, are they? No, no, not at all. So basically, by doing business, international business, your mm-hmm. politics and your politicians and your leaders – are selling out for money. That is the that is the feeling. That that is what's going on, um, and that's not only my belief. That's the belief of uh, uh, most of the young Namibians uh, that the that the country is being sold out to the highest bidder from from Asia. So, what are young Namibians doing about this? Uh, what the what what the young Namibians are doing uh, are doing about this is that we've got a lot of political parties. We are a country of two million people, but we've got about if I I stand to be corrected, it's about seven to eight political parties. But within the political parties, including the ruling party, we've got uh, youth leagues, youth organizations that fall under these political parties. So. Those youth leagues from different political parties have come up together and realized that they all have the same problems, despite the fact that they belong to different political parties. So they've been pushing the government to, 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 make, to make sure that the that they youth are not affected by, by corruption, uh, by, by, by Asians taking up uh, jobs that could be done by an average black Namibian, such as uh, pushing a wheelbarrow or a brick, a brick making, and and you know all those unskilled jobs that an, an average Namibian could do. 
Okay, so now we're talking about an interesting um, conundrum here, an interesting paradox. We Earlier we were talking about there are a lot of highly educated, skilled Namibians that have gone to university and um, to to learn a specific skill or as such as you to learn a business education to be able to take part in a corporate job and now we have the unskilled labor and um, where do the majority of the people in Namibia fall in the skilled labor or the unskilled labor um, the unskilled labor okay so these people do they have access to education or is it um, the bare minimum education uh, minimum education. Uh, what, what happens is that um, there is a, a belief, unfortunately, among black Namibians, and I think it's not only in Namibia, probably the rest of Africa, where people think that uh, you have to sit in the office and become a boss for you to be someone. Uh, what I what 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 I mean what, what I mean by this is that we don't have people who can uh, who, who are into vocational training plumbers for example so everyone uh, everyone just want a job they just want just want to be in the office and then get paid so we do is, not have we talked about this the TGIF mentality. And yes. I believe the uh, Namibian president just spoke out on this recently, the thank God mm -hmm. it's Friday mentality, that you get to work on Monday and it's Blue Monday and you partied from the weekend, so you don't really want to be on work on Monday. Then you get to Wednesday, so everybody gets to go out and party on Wednesday night after work. And then it's like, okay, get through Thursday, and now thank God it's Friday so I don't have to work. So what you're saying yes. is basically... Um, people go to school, spend money and resources and time on getting educated to get a corporate job to sit behind the desk and do nothing. Yes, that, that, that's, what, that, that's what's happening. It's even much better for the corporate world because we work on deadlines. But in government, anyone that has been to any government office right here in Namibia will agree with me that the service that you receive from, that, that we receive from, from, or that we have been receiving from the government from after, uh, after independence has much to be desired. It's very, very poor service. And you can't really complain because it, it has become a culture. You know that you can't go to any government office after one, after lunchtime. Because you're not gonna get, you're not gonna find anyone there. So really, we're not talking about any kind of independence at all. Definitely, I've had people. Funny enough, I have had people saying, um, despite the fact, and I, I am not saying colonialism was something good. It was there were there, there were a lot of brutal cases where people were beaten up, killed, and even burned. But I've had people comparing the colonial era to, uh, to, to, to our days after independence. And many people, especially those who were young adults at the time, have said that compared to, to the colonial times, service delivery was much, much better than now. 
Well, that's what foreign governments, the West, is really good at, providing infrastructure. Now, China is providing this infrastructure. What seems to be happening, not just in Namibia, but across Africa, and this goes back to that article, Intellectual Scum, that colonialism, neocolonialism, whether you want to call it post-neocolonialism or conservation colonialism, Africans are still waiting for someone else to do it. So despite getting educated and taking up jobs in civil service, you're saying the majority of the people are unskilled, minimum edu- minimal education. Um, so there's still quite a disparity of yes. the haves and the have-nots. So I'd say what you're saying is the haves are financially better off and they have mm-hmm. a power to be represented politically. The have-nots have land, have livestock, have wildlife, live with wildlife, but they don't have any representation. Yes. Uh, The the gap between the the well-off and the poor is a very, very big gap. If you come to one of the suburbs of our capital capital city, you, you, you won't believe that you are in Namibia or in Vinduk, but if you go on the other side of the same city, you will be shocked to find that there are people who don't even go to school because the, uh, it, it's um, it's even much better now after the government introduced uh, free education from pre-primary up to uh, up to to high school. But previously, you would find young people. You know, roaming around without without going to education because they, they not because they don't want to go to school, but because they can't afford. Even those who can afford to go to school, they will still not perform because they, when they have to go back home, they're still gonna sleep on a on an empty stomach. So what you're saying is there's no incentive. And there is no incentive. Yes. So how and do you some, how, some, how do you propose to solve this this issue? How do you propose to incentivize young Namibians to take back their representation, to be represented, and to become the country they want to be? What I would say to my fellow to my fellow countrymen and women is to stand by what they believe in. If a political, if you, to vote for you to vote for a political party, there must be political conviction. If you are voting for a political party for any other reason besides ideological conviction, then we are going backwards. Okay, so um, here you are. Here we are listening to Ferre Labanda, my guest today, your average Namibian citizen who's talking about the state of the world, and it doesn't sound that different than, you know, everywhere else in the world. People are feeling that they are not being represented by their political leaders, and they're feeling the disparity, and there is still deep poverty, and why does Africa continue this, despite all the uh, foreign aid, uh, Billions of dollars being poured in by China, just doing straight business. Billions of dollars being poured in by foreign aid, whether it be World Bank, International Monetary Fund, or the World Trade, or NGOs. So uh, stick with us. We'll be right back with my guest, Ferry Labanda, and we're going to try and answer some of these questions.
hear a dog barking or an angel singing, then you know that you are listening to Waking Up in America. Heard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific Time, Valerie Kirkard and all of her friends will bring you powerful and humorous discussions that raise thoughts and give you insight on how to live your life to its fullest potential. Adventure is always a must on Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific. Wildlife. No wild, no life. Big, scary, beautiful. Predators are in danger. Without them, our rivers dry up. Our forests don't grow. Our communities go hungry. Our biodiversity crumbles. Wildlife drives our planet's ecosystems. The wild effect. It's in our hands. Ellie founded Wild Eyes Foundation because she loves Africa and to remind us that there are more harmonious and less destructive ways to live on our planet. She does this so we may be able to look inside ourselves and understand the deeper partnerships that connect us all and to take responsibility for our lives and our Earth. Africa is one of our last remaining wild places and the origins of humanity. It is irreplaceable. Africa is at a crossroads, on the brink of possibilities. We can choose to let its wildlife be lost forever, or we can help save it. In Africa, it is still possible to make a difference. Visit us at www.wildeyes.org to learn how you can make a difference. We only have one Earth. If we don't care, who will? W-I-L-D-I-Z-E dot O-R-G. The world we live in has become a crazy place. Poverty is at an all-time high in the wealthiest nation on Earth. We keep calling on government to save us with new programs. And now, we have more people using food stamps than any time in our history. This problem continues to get worse. The answer to poverty is in our homes, churches, and communities, and through our children. Get the answers from The Mickey Ellison Show, Wednesdays at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern, on Voice America Variety. Tired of lackluster results with your marketing? Craving more leads in your business? Tune in to the Mojo Marketing Edge with the team behind Mojo Global Marketing, Ira Rosen and Corey Michael Sanchez. Winners of the Marketer of the Year, they will show you how to generate daily leads, build databases of raving fans, and close deals faster than ever before. See what's hot right now and how you can tap into it to generate an endless supply of customers and clients. The Mojo Marketing Edge can be heard every Monday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. You're listening to Ellie Weiss and Our Wild World. We want to hear from you. Call into the program at 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. If you'd rather send us an email, please send it to wildeyes at wildeyes.org. That's W-I-L-D-I-Z-E at W-I-L-D-I-Z-E dot O-R-G. Now, back to our wild world. And welcome back. This is Ellie Weiss, Our Wild World, and my guest, Farah Labanda, who is a, a citizen of Namibia. And we've been talking about the disparity of the have and the have-nots, 
what that means, the political culture, and the difference between the politics of, of who is represented and who isn't, you know, voting ideology versus voting the economic benefit. So there's a breakdown here that we're all hearing and that we're all seeing. So, Farah, you've been involved in um, paying attention to some of the wildlife crises that are going on. Especially, and mm-hmm. there was recently a slaughter of, I think it was 13 rhino in Atosha. And we both know Namibia is a huge country and it has one of the least, po- it's also one of the least populated. I think there's 3 million people, 2 to 3 million people in the entire country. So there is a lot of open space. There's a lot of room for wildlife, but the wildlife is being lost. What does your perspective of the youth of Namibia, um, your culture, your tribe, not the white culture, not the colonial, not the NGO culture, what is your feeling about what's happening to your country's resources, its wildlife? What, what is happening to, to, to my country's wildlife? It's a massacre. It's a sad story because um, not that... And not, not that my culture or any other African uh, culture does not hunt, which is basically illegal, um, just as illegal as poaching, but it's greedy. People are selling wildlife to, uh, to, to, to Asia just because of the money. And the people that are supposed to be protecting these resources, they do not think about the future of the country. They think that it's it. They they want quick money. They they will kill a rhino. They will, for for the horn. They will kill an elephant for the task. But what they do not know is that this in the future will affect the the the, the future generations of this country. Uh, many people. Many people have, you know, if we read about these stories in newspapers, we hear about these stories on over the radio, we hear about um, uh, on TV and, and, and all the media and on billboards. But many people that I, I have heard many people saying that, but so what? If a rhino is poached in Nitosha, what, is, what am I losing? You know, things like that. What they don't know is that the people, the, the, the tourism in Namibia contributes a lot of money to our country. Now, imagine if we do not have those animals, what would happen? Are we going to, to are we going to get the same number of tourists that are coming to Namibia? Not at all. Well, Namibia is um, typically historically been known for its very progressive wildlife conservation policies so um, and its conservancies so hunting is allowed in Namibia on these conservancies and previously you know the conservancy would be into the community conservancy would be in charge of the quota so the government would hand down um, a policy of you know they would understand how many animals were there it was up to the community to do a count of the wildlife on their conservancy allotment and then the quotas would be scientifically or at least data driven on terms mm-hmm. of how many animals there were whether it be um, an eland or a lion or a rhino so 
what I'm understanding from a lot of um, other groups in Namibia and what they're saying is that this conservancy system and the hunting system is also breaking down. And as you as you said, it's breaking down due to an influx of foreign dollars, Asia in this case, and terrorism and poaching. Yes, uh, the, the the issue here at hand is is still boils down to greedy. Uh, we we have to greed. We have we have got Asian people who are tempting our local people with a lot of money. You won't believe how much money people, uh, how much money is changing hands just because of where I know on. There are a lot of middle. There there, there are a lot of people who are involved. The Asians. People from, uh, uh, remember what I said about Vietnam? Yes. Some, uh, I really yes. enjoyed, I, that was a very clever, uh, repeat that. Um, uh, Ferry had uh, messaged me that it's Vietnam all over again. And I mistakenly thought the Vietnam War and how um, it's not quite the same. And Ferry pointed out to me that no, it's the Vietnamese who want rhino horn. So it's Vietnam. Nam Namibia has the rhino. The Viets want the horn. Very clever. So you're a very smart young man. So Ferry, with the politics of the stomach and voting ideologically or not voting ideologically and voting for the economic benefit, you as a young Namibian, 34 years old, speaking to your country and speaking to the youth, what is it you want Namibia and Namibia's youth to do? Uh, what, what I would like the Namibian youth to do is to take charge. Uh, there's a lot of negligence on our side. That includes me, not only my fellow youth. Uh, there, there, there's a lot of negligence on our part. We don't get involved. Uh, some people think, uh, for example, when it comes to wildlife, uh, some, some of my young, my, my young fellows, they think, ah, what, what is there for me? Uh, if I see someone who's who's uh, who's uh, uh, selling or, or smuggling or or doing any of this illegal stuff, what is there for me if I report this person? I'm not gonna get uh, a reward for it. So uh, what I would encourage my fellow youth is to get involved in the future in in planning for the future of the country, be it social in, in in social or economic or political or political. But because what I have realized is that that is why the we, we are being led by old people. Not that they are bad, but we are being led by old people who 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 don't easily adapt to new changes. So not, so, uh, so not only old in terms of age, but old in terms of old thinking. Yes, exactly. That's what, that's what, that's what I imply. Old in terms of, uh, old in terms of thinking to adapt to new changes, uh, because the world is dynamic. We are now talking to each other via Skype. Previously, you would have to send me a letter. So, we need innovative leaders who can do, who can improve the lives of people, the lives of someone from Makanga village. You know, we, we don't want people who are still stuck in the past, people who are still uh, c- celebrating uh, 
gaining independence after 25 years because the, the political independence we already gained. What we are looking for now is economic independence where everyone will, will get a share, where everyone will have a better life. Because currently what, what we have, it's not something that's very good. We have people who are, who, who are surviving by the grace of God, while we have people who are driving very, very expensive cars not because they have worked hard to achieve to to to, uh, to achieve their wealth but because of the connections so if what it looks are, good if it looks good you've made progress whether progress yes. has actually been made or not exactly so, uh, what, 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 what's going on what's happening is that we are we, we are putting our country um, out there for, for only for those people who are connected. Even if I work very hard, I, I might have an invention, but it will never come through because there's no money. If I take it to the ministry to, to patent it, I do not have money. There will be some corruption there, then someone will register my own patent, and then they will get rich. So what we're talking about here is, here's a young man who's 34 years old, so in approximately 10 maybe 15, 20 years, he's going to be in a place and a position in his life to be a part of a political leadership. So what Ferre is trying to get people to understand, especially the youth of Namibia, that in 20, 30 years' time, you're going to be running the country. So if you don't start participating now, is what I think you're saying, Ferry, and you don't start taking responsibility for what is happening now and speaking up for your ideals and voting your heart rather than your stomach. Uh, sorry, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, sorry, just repeat that question. I was struggling to hear you. I don't know what was going on. So um, what you're saying is that the youth that who mm-hmm. are that are like let's say 15 20 years old now they're going to be yes. in positions of power in 20 30 years so yes. if how is power going to change if the youth of today doesn't make a difference and stand up it it the, the country will go down as it is now because what 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 is happening currently is that the youth are, are the, the youth are being pushed away, not only by the ruling party, like I said, but by all political parties. So, what I would like, what 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 I would like to to see from now is accountability. In that we hold people accountable. When people are campaigning to be voted into power, they've got manifestos. They come to you and say, "If you vote for me, I will do this for you." If you vote for, for me, I, I will improve your life like this. But then after they get into power, then they forget they forget they, they, for, they forget why you voted for them. So what I want is some form of accountability to say, okay, here's the checklist. You said you are going to build a clinic at my village, it's there. You said there will be electricity, it's there. If if any any of those uh, if if any of those uh, problems are not solved, then you are you you have failed. So we 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 shouldn't wait for 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 your term to expire. Rather, we should hold you accountable and get rid of you if we have to. Well, that sounds like it's a 
people problem and that one of the biggest resources Namibia does have, besides its wildlife and its incredible countryside, is people. So I guess what you're saying is people had better wake up and and be accountable for themselves. If you want your government to be accountable, then I guess you have to speak up because we're the ones who are voting. So um, on any last words for our audience today? We've got a couple minutes left. All right. Uh, uh, my my last word is, will, will just be that um, we 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 have to realize that the the African youth in general we have to realize that most of the problems that we are facing today are man-made. We 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 have to do something. We have to realize that we have got the power to put something into power. The same power that we have to put some someone into power, we have, we have the right to take that person out of power. It's so sad to to see that there are countries or or there there are ministers serving in the Namibian government who have been serving since independence, but we do not see any improvement. But we still keep voting for the same people, expecting a different outcome. Well, I think there was someone there was someone there was someone who said doing the same thing all over and expecting a different outcome that's insanity because we know right. exactly the kind of people that we have we know their capabilities we know that some of them I'm not saying all of them but most of them some of them they are not capable we are just voting for them just because they liberated this country but so, we okay. are not Accountability, you know, it's not necessarily even removing them from power, but making them accountable to what they promised, or at least if they can't fulfill the promise, make an effort. So accountability is a but, very big, big thing. But but what I see here, accountability goes hand in hand with capability. If someone is not capable there's no way you're going to hold them accountable because they can't perform. You already know before they even get into power that this person, if, if, if this person failed to manage the Minister of Home Affairs, how do you take the same person and put that, that, that person into the Ministry of Education and you expect miracles? Well, you've just made a very, that. you've made an excellent point. And unfortunately, we're out of time today. So what I hope is that our listeners um, hear this open letter from to Namibia, to Africa, from Farah Labanda, and take, take hold. Take the bull by the horns and take hold because you are the future of your country. So um, thank you, Farah. Thank you very much for your time and for, for letting me speak my mind. Absolutely. So I look forward to speaking with you further. And that's it for today. This is Ellie Weiss and Our Wild World. Thank you again for joining us this week. Be sure to tune in next Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time for another edition of Our Wild World with your host, Ellie Weiss, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Think about living with wildlife during the coming week and what you can do right now. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. 
The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 